Christmas season. We started out with the question, can I trust this Jesus? This baby in the manger, this baby from Bethlehem, can I trust him? Then we looked at, can or does this Jesus care? Does this Jesus, this Jesus we talk about so much at Christmas time, does he care about me? Does he care about the real-life problems that I have in the real-life world that I live in every single day? Then last week, we looked at, does this Jesus know and control the future? Is the future simply a matter of chance and accident and the whims of man, or is there someone who is in control? And then last night in our Christmas Eve service, we looked at the question of John the Baptist. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Are you the expected one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? Or should we be looking for someone else? And this morning, we are looking at the question, what is truth? What is truth? In John chapter 18, we are going to pick up in the middle of the conversation an interrogation by Pontius Pilate of Jesus shortly before he was crucified. And so in the middle of this interrogation, we pick it up in verse 36, John 18. Jesus answered, My kingdom my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? I'm going to give you the whole crux of the sermon right up front. I'm going to give you that which I want you to walk away with when you leave this auditorium right at the very beginning. It is the last two sentences of verse 37. I want you to think very, very, very carefully with me about these two sentences this morning. Jesus said, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Well, our first point this morning is post-truth. Our culture, our world, continues to grapple with the question posed by Pontius Pilate many years ago. What is truth? What is truth? Some of you may know this, some of you may not be aware of it, but the Oxford University Press, publisher of Oxford Dictionaries, on November 8th, named its International Word of the Year for 2016, and that word is post-truth. And here is how they define it. I'll just give you their definition. Post-truth, an adjective defined as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion 
and personal belief. Now, it's the last part of that definition that I want you to think about very carefully with me. Objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. In other words, whether we think or feel or want something to be true now matters more than whether it really is true. Okay? Let me say that again, just so it's clear with everyone. Whether, whether we think or feel or want something to be true now matters more than whether it is true. So what I think or feel or want becomes more important than whether or not something actually is true. Now, although the question, what is truth, has found its way back into our vocabulary, it is really an ancient question that every generation asks. We are dealing with an ancient question that men and women have wrestled with for centuries. Questions like this. Do all religions ultimately lead to heaven? Is there a heaven? Is there a God who is personally involved in human beings' lives? If so, how do we know so? How do we know there is a heaven? How do we know there is a hell? How do we know that someone didn't just make those things up? Do we have any right to judge a culture and its moral values? Or does every culture have the right to do whatever they want to do? Can missionaries go into a culture and say, we, there are some things about your culture we appreciate and celebrate, but there are some things that you do that are sinful and wrong? Do they have any right to assess a culture in that way, or should everybody just have the right to do whatever they want to do? Is there such a thing as right and wrong? Or can every person determine that for himself or herself? Do you and I have any right whatsoever to tell someone else what is right and what is wrong? Is everything subjective based upon my personal experience? It's interesting. In my undergraduate days in college, I was a political science major and I was a philosophy minor. And the reason I tell you that this morning is because way back in my college days, we wrestled with this question. In the philosophy classes that I had, we were asking this question years ago. What is reality? Is everything existential? Is everything based upon my personal experience? So if I think it's right, it's right. And if you think something else is right, you have that. You can say that's right or that's wrong based on your existential reality or your personal experience. Is there any such thing? Is there any such thing as objective truth that applies to everybody in every culture all over the world? Is there any such thing in the world today. 
Well, that brings us to our second thought this morning, which is really the heart and soul of this message. The birth of truth. The birth of truth. And this brings us to why I'm sharing this with you on Christmas Day. Jesus' encounter with Pilate in John 18 is one of the most important conversations in human history. It really is. I don't want to say that just to make it sound dramatic, but it is. It is one of the most important conversations in all of human history. Pilate wants to know what is truth. You say you were born for this purpose. You've come into this world to to bear witness to the truth. What is truth? And it's interesting I have read ever since that Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year came out, there have been numerous articles written about it. And those from a Christian perspective, not all of them, but many of them reference John chapter 18. Many of them say this this question, this idea that we are wrestling with today goes way back to the conversation that Pontius Pilate had with Jesus shortly before Jesus was crucified. Excellent article, if you have time to read it. It's a longer article, but well worth your read. Is an article by Ravi Zacharias just recently that says, that is, or the title of the article is, Why the Oxford Dictionary 2016 Word of the Year Matters. Why it matters to you as a Christian, and why you should pay attention to this word of the year. Very interesting. This doesn't often happen in my email box today. R.C. Sproul in his Christmas email this morning, the title of it was this, The Truth About Jesus, Not Mere Opinion, Matters, and It Matters Eternally. The Truth About Jesus, Not Mere Opinion, Matters. And it matters eternally. Well, in verse 36, Jesus states emphatically that his kingdom is not of this world. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Why is that important? That's actually very important and why I included it in the text that I'm covering this morning. It's because Jesus doesn't come from the earth. He comes from the heavenly realms. His kingdom is from heaven. Jesus brings the wisdom and knowledge of the eternal to the earth. He's not just one of many opinions. He's not just spouting his thoughts among our thoughts. This is eternal wisdom. This is eternal knowledge. This is eternal truth. Notice in that one verse, verse 36, he says twice to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. The very last sentence, my kingdom is not from the world. Pilate, you need to know that. What I'm talking about is not of this earth. It is from the eternal It is from the heavenly realm. 
In verse 37, Jesus affirms that he is a king. He is the king of the heavenly realm. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. Now, Jesus' response is a very difficult phrase to translate from the Greek or Aramaic into English. He is not saying simply, so you say that I'm a king. He is saying what you are saying is true. Some translations, some English translations have what you say, or, or you are right in saying that I am a king. So he is affirming what Pilate is saying. You say that I am a king, and you're right, Pilate, I am a king. I am just not a king in the way you think of it. I am a king, not of this world. I am from the heavenly realm. And then, as I mentioned as I began, the last two sentences of verse 37 form the heart and soul of this message, and more importantly, the heart and soul of truth. For this purpose, I don't miss this this morning, for all of us in this Christmas day, for this purpose I was born. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone, everyone who is of the truth listens to me. This is what the late theologian and philosopher Francis Schaeffer called true truth. He said, there is in this world true truth. And he separated that from routine things, ordinary things that are true. For example, I say to you this morning, two plus two equals four. I say to you, this is a pulpit. I say to you that this carpet is blue. That is truth, but that is not true truth. Those are just ordinary things that are accepted as true. But Francis Schaeffer said there are some things that are true truth. In other words, there is a truth that comes from heaven that is true for the entire universe and for all of mankind. There is a moral truth that can bring judgment upon not only people but all of the universe because it is so true. There is a moral truth that is true for every person who has ever lived in every culture all over the world. And I'm going to make this fairly simple or oversimplify something that he wrote extensively on, wrote entire books about. But Francis Schaeffer basically says three things about true truth. Number one, Christianity is truth. The Christian faith is the truth. So if we want to know what is true, we have to look to the living word, the Logos, Jesus Christ, and we have to look to the written word, the Bible, for what is true. Those two sources give us the truth, the reality of all of existence, of all of the universe, of all of life, and that is what he calls true truth. And because there is true truth, secondly, he says, Christian truth touches all of life, the lordship of Christ over the total culture. 
In other words, if there is such a thing as true truth, if Christianity is the truth, then it touches every area of culture. In any culture, anywhere in the world. So we can say this truth must touch the area of education, of politics, of law, of the arts, of those who do manual labor in multiple areas all over the world. The truth applies to your life. It is a truth that can guide you. It is a truth that we must submit to. And then thirdly, if Christianity is the truth, Schaefer says, the truth of Christianity must be demonstrated both intellectually and practically through a life of faith. In other words, if we believe this is the truth, if this is true truth, then we must live that way every single day. Intellectually and practically, every area of our life must convey the truth that we believe. Let me share two very, very familiar passages with you from the New Testament. John 14:6. Many of you know this by heart. Jesus said to him, to Philip, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the way. He says, I am the life. But he also says, I am the truth. I want us to understand this morning that Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. What is real, what is morally true in all of existence, in all of our lives, is found in Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus says, no one, no one can come to the heavenly Father. No one can come to the first person of the Trinity except through me. Why? Why only through him? Because he's the truth. He is the only one that can determine what is the accurate way of salvation for all people. Second passage, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth, and the truth will set you free. Author and pastor Tony Evans, whose books we have been using for three years now in our Men's Bible Institute class on Wednesday nights. Places a lot of emphasis on verse 32 for men, for the Christian life, and rightly so. He said, everybody wants to quote, believers and unbelievers alike, they want to quote the last part of verse 32, and the truth will set you free. How many times have we heard that? And the truth will set you free. But he said, don't quote that verse without quoting the first part and you will know the truth first of all we have to ask ourselves what is truth if truth sets us free then what is truth and who determines what is truth but not only do we need to know what truth is we need to know that truth and this is where Tony Evans really presses hard he goes men if you don't know the word of God if you're not immersing yourself in the scriptures it can't set you free. 
You've got to know the word of God. You've got to read the word of God. You've got to meditate on the word of God. You've got to memorize the word of God. You've got to listen to the word of God taught and preached. You will know the truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Pilate says, what is truth? For Pilate, truth is what worked for him. For Pilate, truth is what matters at the moment, what kept him or keeps him in power, and what people want to hear. For Pilate, who is very much like most people in our world today, truth was whatever served his particular purposes in his particular life, in his particular occupation. Truth could be anything he wanted it to be. If it meant handing Jesus over to the Jews, so let it be. If it meant condemning an innocent man, so let it be. Because truth was whatever Pilate wanted it to be. This is a whole other sermon for a whole other day. But here is Pontius Pilate, this human being, this man, standing three feet, three feet from the truth. And he totally misses him. Totally misses it. Here he is, face to face with the embodiment of truth, and he completely misses it and walks away from it. Let me try to bring this all together this morning. On Christmas Day, truth was born into the world. And men and women from all nations, from all languages, from all skin colors and from all cultures would now be able to know the truth. A truth that could truly set them free. Let me read that again. On Christmas Day, truth was born into the world. And men and women from all nations, from all languages, from all skin colors, and from all cultures would now be able to know the truth, the truth that could truly set them free. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I could, let me put in another plug for our perspectives course that will be starting up in another week or so. You are going to learn in the perspectives course why it is possible for missionaries to go into certain cultures and proclaim the truth and say there are parts, as I mentioned earlier, there are parts of your culture that we appreciate and we celebrate, but there are things that you do that are wrong. And come to the truth. Come to Jesus. We have come to you to proclaim the truth. It is why, whether it's Craig and Shelley among the Korah people, or Kent and Jenny in Mozambique, or wherever our missionaries may be around the world, they can go into any culture, any language group, any people group, and say, here is the universal saving truth of Jesus Christ. Let me introduce you to the truth. His name is Jesus. Two Christmas passages. Luke 1, verses 34 and 35. 
And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? How can I be with child since I've never had relations with a man? How can this be? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mary, the reason you don't understand this is because it is not of this world. The child to be born to you will be implanted in you by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Most High. Mary, this is all coming from heaven, not from earth. The child that you will bear is going to be called Holy. He is going to be called the Son of God. Folks, do you see this morning why he is the truth? Because he is holiness. He is the Son of God. He is the only one who has the right to tell us what is true and what is false, false and what is right and what is wrong. Matthew 1, verses 20 through 23, a passage that we looked at last night in our Christmas Eve service. Joseph is wrestling with this whole idea that he whether or not he should take Mary as his wife because she's pregnant, they haven't had relations. He is really struggling with this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And here's why, Joseph, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, we looked at this from one angle last night. We're looking at it from another angle this morning. Have you thought, as you've read through this so many times for so many years, how can Jesus save people from their sins? Who has the right to define sin? So this, this Jesus must be able to determine what is sin and who has sin. And this sin must have serious consequences. And someone must determine whether or not it has serious consequences. And he, and he alone, because he is born of the Holy Spirit, is able to save us from those sins. There is only one who can do all that. The one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But behold, Joseph... Your virgin wife will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, so importantly, God with us. Joseph, Mary is going to give birth to God. God in the flesh. God is going to come into the world supernaturally, the one who has always existed, who is eternal, who is and who was and who is to come, as we looked at last week, he is going to come into the world and he will be God with us. He will be the truth. So let me say again on Christmas Day, truth, the truth of God entered our 
world. The truth of who God is. We do not know God, who God is, apart from Jesus Christ and apart from the Bible. We do not. On Christmas Day, the truth of God came into the world, the truth of who we are. A God who has said we are sinful and in rebellion and in desperate need of a Savior. And he has come to provide that free gift of salvation. On Christmas Day, the truth of God entered our world, the truth of the gospel of salvation. Through this one who entered the world, we would now understand what it means to repent and believe, to come to a person, to come to an accomplished salvation that will free us of our sins and bring us into a right relationship with God. On Christmas Day, the truth of God entered our world, the truth about the future of the world, which I spent all of last week talking about. We now know the future. We know the future because truth entered our world. So I close with this. In a very confused world that we lived in, that we live in, and a confused culture that we live in, always remember these words of Jesus. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to me. On Christmas Day, in a manger in Bethlehem, true truth was born into this world. Let's pray together. Father, help us to know your truth. Help us to know Jesus in a real and personal way. Help us to submit our lives, our thoughts, our words to the truth of who Jesus is and to the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you have not left us to our own opinions and, own, and our own thoughts but you have given us truth from heaven. Help us faithfully in 2017 to proclaim that truth and to obey that truth and to live that truth. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.